0: Welcome to Herb W. Morgan's Slaying Bulls and Bears, a podcast about economics, markets, investing, politics, and profit. Every Monday, in less than 20 minutes, Wall Street portfolio manager Herb W. Morgan distills the complex and complicated into the simple and sensical. Here's Herb now. Good morning, it's Monday, Feb 13, 2023. I'm Herb Morgan, Senior Managing Director, Chief Investment Officer, here at uh, Cantor Fitzgerald Investment Advisors Managed ETF Portfolios Group. This is my weekly economic and market commentary for the week beginning today. You can follow me intro week on either the Twitter or LinkedIn. Uh, both are available if there is any commentary in between this weekly commentary. This is available either as a subscription-based slideshow, which if you're seeing it, you're on, or it's available as an audio-only podcast on any of the normal podcast formats. This presentation has been prepared by us for use with investors and financial advisors who are each expected to make their own investment decisions. Nothing contained in the presentation should be treated as investment advice. There are no recommendations for the purchase or sale of any securities. The information contained herein is purely for informational purposes. Moving on. Well, we had a, a down week. We're well into 2023 now, six weeks into 2023. And we've been really nothing but positive, nothing but up this year as investors look towards the possible terminus of Fed rate hiking cycle, but then we got news that January jobs report was extremely robust, well ahead of expectations, and began to appear that the Fed might raise either further or stay at these high levels for longer. Still, I'm not sure the market's buying that argument, but for the week anyway, stocks were down. S&P 500 down about 1%, mid and small cap stocks down a little more. Also. For the same reason, interest rates higher, therefore, bonds modestly lower on the week, although the long-dated Treasury really got hit, down about 3%. And it was right in line with the movement, really, in small-cap stocks. The data was mixed to okay to some good, I would say, last week, starting with the trade deficit. Trade deficit rose kind of significantly from $61 billion in November to a half in uh, December, that was still a little better than expected and the trend for the trade deficit is a little lower. Remember, the trade deficit subtracts from GDP, so when that deficit is in a declining trend, that is additive to GDP. Uh, Moving on, consumer credit rose far less than expected in the month of December after a big gain in November. This was the smallest pace of credit expansion in the United States in two years. This is definitely a signal that the economy is slowing modestly, not aggressively, not horribly, but slowing modestly from big pickups. You can see the big pickup in credit here on the right, getting down to a very uh, more uh, sustainable pace, I would say, best way to put that. Inventories from wholesalers rose, but at a very, very small rate, one-tenth of a percent. Inventories rising, wholesale inventory rising can be difficult to completely interpret. If sales aren't going out the back end, then inventories can rise, signaling a slowdown ahead. But if CEOs are incredibly confident about the future, inventories can rise as well to meet future demand. This time around, I think that the very modest or slow tick up in inventories is a, is a Realization that we are beyond the COVID reopening, big increases in inventories, and the higher interest rates are definitely cooling aggregate demand, slowing the economy. Nobody wants to be stuck with too much inventory in the event that we do hit a recession later in 2022. Initial claims for unemployment remain very low, well below 300,000. 300,000 is that number. I say if we're below there, the economy is growing, or the job market is robust and growing, and, and we came in at 196, so that's way below the 300,000 level. Continuing claims rose a little bit, but the jobs market in the labor market has just been so incredibly strong, such that even if we do go into a, a recession, it's likely to be very, very shallow, uh, because recessions are horrible. When people lose their jobs, that kills consumer demand. That which profitability, et cetera, et cetera. Michigan sentiment uh, came out for February. It rose to 66.4. That was even ahead of expectations of 65. You can see trending lower, 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 lower here. And then middle, you know, just before the middle of last year started to trend higher and it's been trending steadily higher ever since. What's the culprit for people feeling more confident? A reduction in, uh, in the rate of increase of consumer prices. The CPI, the core PCE, inflationary numbers are moderating and they're moderating very quickly. So consumers are feeling feeling a little better about things, not to mention a very strong, as I said, and robust jobs market. We're also getting towards the end of earnings season. And we really got through the one that, well, first of all, on, on average, earnings are surprising a little to the upside. Uh, and earnings are not robust. They're not great. We're getting a lot of revenue guidance lower. We're getting a lot of profit guidance lower, but they're not as bad as expected or feared, I should say. They're you know, better than expected, but not as bad as feared. The worst case scenarios are not being realized. We've also really gotten through, see the communication sector here. This is one where we were expecting sort of bad news, and that sector has largely finished reporting. You can know, see nine. Uh, you know, negative surprises there out of 24 companies. And now that we're beyond that, I think the market feels there's a little pressure off. We're beyond some of the reporting. What we are getting from the reporting is news of additional buybacks, which the market sees as positive. So all in all, moving through, getting towards the end of earnings season, and life is okay, bottom line. So what's happening? Well, the market's been going higher. We know that, we're positive for the year. You can see it looks like the bottom was in back here in October of 22. We got to this level, which was not a higher high compared to that one, for coming back down. But instead of making a lower low, which it had been doing, you can see there's four lower lows, it stopped. And the market turned higher and passed that little high that you can see right there around Thanksgiving time. Now the next stop to break out would be this high at about 4,300. That would really confirm sort of a bullish trend. But what we did see last week, is not only is the S&P 500 going higher, even after that down week, but the 50-day moving average has turned higher. Price is above the 50, and the 50 is above the 200. Now the 200 has not itself turned higher. You can see it's in a downtrend. So what you wanna see is say, hey, the olly auction free, it's a full market. You wanna see price above 50, got it. 50 above 200, got it. But all three trending uh, in a higher direction. So it's not all clear yet, but it's really, really close. Also not yet flashing it's all clear would be the NASDAQ. The NASDAQ, it has poked its head. You can see it got above this little high. It hasn't got back to this one, which is around 13,000 and change. But the 50 days trending higher, the price is above the 50, that's the gold line, but it's not above the 200 and the 200 is still in a downtrend. So there's this mixed group, right, in my profession, in my world that thinks that, you know, we need confirmation from the NASDAQ, that the Fed is probably going to continue to hike. Uh, earnings really are probably going to continue to experience pressure. And so there's not this this uh, urgency to jump back into equities on the part of um, a lot of folks. Very difficult read last night. So to try to get a hold on the read of what we see happening, we we really have to focus on what the speaking members of the Fed say every week. Every week people go out, members of the Fed, and they speak. They might speak at a conference, uh, a convention, um, you know, a news um, interview for television, and we try to parse together what they're saying because I believe that they try to go out and give the same message. If they disagree modestly on direction or pace of policy, they can sort of get that into their remarks. But as a general rule, the board does come out with a quasi unified voice about the direction. They try to communicate that to markets so markets aren't surprised. Last week, three members of the Fed spoke, Chairman Powell, Rafael Bostic from Atlanta, Mary Daly from San Francisco. Powell said, we think we're going to need to do further rate increases. The labor market is extraordinarily strong. There, there's, there's, there's your indication of what he's thinking uh, for future meetings, for the March meeting and the May meeting. Rafael Bostic, January strong jobs report raises the possibility the Fed will need to increase rates to a higher peak than previously expected. So now maybe that terminal rate is not five, maybe it's five and a quarter, maybe it's five and a half. And Mary Daly from San Francisco, most important thing to convey is the direction for policy is more tightening and then holding that tightening for some time, keeping rates higher much longer than the market believes is happening. So looking at the Fed futures uh, rates and looking at where they were on January 30th, you can see, There's 459 to 484. That's a full 25 basis points difference two weeks later. You can see May 3rd, 480 to 504, that's 25 basis points more. You can see this is 17 plus seven, 24 basis points. So 25 basis points higher shift up in that curve. But if you look out all the way to December, you're looking at about a 50 basis point shift higher in that curve. Now that can change, but that was a very significant move because of the very strong January jobs report. Now to a certain degree, the Fed would prefer to just talk financial conditions down and talk inflation down. They're, make, they're taking action for sure. And one thing about this board is they go big or they go home. They went really big at cutting, they went really big at monetary expansion for, for uh, COVID. And now they're going really big on balance sheet runoff, tightening, destroying, deprinting money, and they're going really big on rate hikes, and they're going really big on rhetoric. They're not about small moves or subtle moves at all. But the question is, and if they're gonna raise rates more and get more restrictive and try to kill the production in the labor market, why does the market keep going higher? Well, we're still we still have a lot of positive things in the economy, you know, tremendous pace and rate of innovation there's still tremendously abundant capital. The tax on on capital, on corporate profits in the United States is still accommodated. This goes all the way back to the Tax Cut and Jobs Act of 2017. And over the last couple of weeks, actually a couple of months, we've noticed that Dr. Copper, who likes to predict movements in the economy, has been rising. It's often said that since Copper is such a common staple in the overall economy, that the price of copper is a leading indicator to the overall economy. The blue line here is the price of copper. You can see through 2022 going down, 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 bottoming in July and been trending higher. Copper's been trending higher ever since. What else has been trending higher with it? Well, at least since October, that's the S&P 500. So yes, the S&P 500 can get ahead of copper and then come down. It's a tiny bit ahead now, so maybe a little correction, no big deal. But the view here is that copper is telling us something that perhaps there is a soft landing. The Fed would love a soft landing, but they don't want a soft landing if they don't get that core inflation rate down sustainably at 2% uh, and, and quickly. They really want to do that quickly. Still another argument and another line of thought is that the Fed is overdoing I said this is a go big or go home Federal Reserve, and it's true. Take a look at the last three recessions. Now the recessions, it's said by many, are predicted by an inverted yield curve. Okay, fair enough. This is the three month treasury to the 10 year treasury. So if the three month treasury has a higher yield than the 10 year treasury, this curve is said to be inverted. The difference between the two is a negative number, and Usually, before recessions, you see that three to ten, three month to ten year spread go negative. Going back to 2000, the dot com crash, you saw it go negative. Briefly go negative, we get into a recession, and it immediately shoots back the other way really quickly. Go back to 07, you know, before the global financial crisis, got negative, get into a recession, immediately they cut rates. And that's really what the market is saying. They're saying, look, the Fed overdid it uh, in in response to COVID with monetary stimulus and with 0% interest rates all the way over here. Briefly got to an inverted yield curve, super sharp recession, massive monetary stimulus. And I think they're looking at this model and saying, hey, this is the new model. We're going to go big with our moves, get the reaction, and then pull out. And that's what they did in uh, 2020 for COVID. They've gone big on cutting, or excuse me, on raising rates here and running off the balance sheet and got a much more negative spread than we had in the prior two recessions. And so far it's actually been below that zero or negative for longer. If it goes much longer, the Fed will keep raising short-term rates and getting this even further in the negative territory. And so on the, last half empty side of the economy and the market that's where a lot of people are sitting and worried that maybe the fed is overdoing it and over typing anyway folks thanks for tuning in don't forget you can get this as a podcast or by subscription i thank you for tuning in and i look forward to being back with you again next week thank you for listening to slaying bulls and bears if you'd like to download the slides for this week's podcast Go to www.efficient-portfolios.com and join our mailing list. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, rate us online, and share with a friend if you found this helpful. See you next week!